help me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 132 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell. That's Riley McConnell. And today on our show, the Blue Jays continue their little stretch against sub 500 teams, against teams they really should be beating on. They took the first two games of the series. As Riley and I are recording right now, they are currently losing game three. It is still being played. We will give you any updates as you go. But it does guarantee the Blue Jays get a fourth winning series in a row and are positioned well in a playoff spot as we get into the month of September here. Riley, what's up, man? How are you today? Well, uh, taking some time away from the ball game to talk about the ball games, mm-hmm. Jesse. Um, as we're recording now, I believe two nothing for KC. Um, hopefully that changes. We've had some good late innings um, these past couple weeks, so hopefully uh, we can get some offense together, man. Brios is on the bump for this one. He's pitched pretty good, but I mean, well, we got to talk about this whole series, man. We're playing weaker teams. Casey has actually given us, um, you know, a very close game one. We got we rallied around a couple of our guys in game two to really carry the load. And then today it's uh, it seems like a pitcher's duel. That'll happen. Our pitching has been phenomenal. And we got a really good start out of a guy who should be pitching at the top of the major leagues in all categories or almost all categories. That would be Kevin Gosman with mm-hmm. a brand new haircut. Yeah, um, looks so, sharp too. Uh, oh, he's uh, another. Hey. Double-digit strikeouts and um, over eight innings pitch. So, Jesse, let's talk about these games. Because up until right now when we were recording, like, I have no complaints over these two games against KC at the Dome right now. Yeah, we kind of wanted a sweep going into the series. We said at the start of this extended road trip that the Blue Jays kind of need to go 9-3 and three in the stretch. If we do end up losing this game to Kansas City, I guess we'll be 8-4. and four in that stretch, which we said would make us a little disappointed, but you know, we will take it. Cole Raggins is dealing right now. So I'd be surprised if the blue Jays come back and win this, but you never know. Kansas city's bullpen is not that great. And the Jays have made some runs late into the series. Let's recap the other games quickly here though. Game one, you're right. You kind of touched on already. The blue Jays and Royals played a close one. It was five to four. The blue Jays went down one early and it stayed that way until the six when the blue Jays got a solo run. The blue Jays then exploded for a bunch in the bottom half. Thanks to a clutch Boba single on his first day back from the IL and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Followed with a double of his own to score two. Ernie Clement added another run in that frame, but then Kansas city scored single runs in the seventh, eighth and ninth to make it real close into this one. But Jordan Romano, who was one of the best closers in the American league was able to get the save and seal the win for the Toronto blue Jays game two was a little bit of a laugh or not really. It was close at first. And then the Blue Jays really picked it up. Kevin Gosman might've turned in his best start of the season. As you mentioned, eight innings pitch, 10 strikeouts, two hits, just one walk allowed, giving the Blue Jays bullpen a well-needed day of rest. And on the offensive side of the ball, the Blue Jays were able to put up five runs. Thanks in part to a three hit, two home run day from George Springer. Four RBIs, basically almost single-handedly carrying the offense here. And in game two right now, like we said, Barrios and uh, Cole Reagans are in a pitcher's duel. It's currently the bottom of the six, 2 nothing for Kansas City, as both pitchers have pitched really well. So as things stand, Riley, the Blue Jays are still one and a half games up on the Texas Rangers, who are currently playing right now, as are the Toronto Blue Jays. And we are sitting comfortably. I think we're tied with Seattle now for that second wild card spot heading into the thing. So playoff um, implications are on the line on the rest of this season. We've already touched on a few big key notes here, Riley. Who did you want to go into a little bit more? 
Well, let's go. I mean, we could either go to the the offensive star of game two or the um the pitching defensive side star of game two. You know what? Let's talk about Gosman first. Let's, let's start it. this with let's talk about Gosman first. You this was a guy who we used to start our episodes with. He's our headliner type of guy. So, anyways, we've mentioned it already. Haircut, whatever. I don't care about that. Um, I thought though when he went on to um take the mound to start the ball game. I thought, huh, like, I think that we're in for good things. And I thought like, oh yeah, seven innings of like two run ball. That'd be, that would be great from Kevin Gosman at this point. Uh, he turns in double digit strikeouts and only allows two hits um, over eight innings. Uh, Kevin Gosman, you said uh, could have been his best start of the season. It's definitely his best recent start. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who's not turned in his best uh, maybe over the past 30 days. But this was a um, tremendous start by Kevin Gosman. I mean, he he let the bullpen rest. We used a lot of arms in the first game of this series. Hicks threw in the ninth for us. Yep. But Gosman did exactly what he was supposed to do. And uh, again, his pitch mix, fastball, uh, splitter, slider, like everything was going well. Anytime you get double-digit strikeouts. Now, I know KC isn't the most well-rounded ball club as they're, you know, basically barking at the door of a 100-loss-plus season. However, we can't take our opponents lately, as in the game right now, that we're not having the tremendous success that we should be. You know, it's nice to turn in a four-run win, give the bullpen rest, and for our our ace to turn in a performance that he hasn't had in, you know, quite some time really. So, you know what, Gosman just had a great performance. I think that should headline our episode. It's been a minute since we've really talked about how good Kevin Gosman is and what he means to this ball club. Yeah, because you were kind of mentioning there, it's we kind of took for granted how good Kevin Gosman could be. His last few starts, to be honest, Riley, haven't been that great. His last one before this in Colorado, he only went four innings before left because of a rain delay. In a start against Washington, still, he gave up seven hits in five innings. Like, that wasn't ideal. In fact, he hasn't had a double-digit strikeout effort since all the way back in June against San Francisco. That's been about 10 starts since we've seen double-digit strikeouts from Kevin Gosman. Still good to see, though. Um, he is still probably either first or second in Cy Young voting it would be really nice to see kevin gosman go on a big stretch in september here just so i can cash that preseason bet of kevin gosman cy young and also you know one of our bold predictions to come true on this episode riley i kind of like that he, he went and gave himself the haircut too here because like his last few starts have been kind of meh you sometimes as a pitcher you know pitchers are a little weird sometimes you just gotta try a little something different just to see if it works kevin gosman cuts the hair next thing you know he has his best start of the season not saying it's a coincidence riley but it could be something it's something man try i mean instead of going out and tinkering with his delivery let's just change the physical aspect of how we look i'm totally okay with it basically new hair same guy, Kevin Gosman. And in fact, maybe not the same guy, you know, like you said, over his last 10 starts, a better version of that. Jesse, uh, back to game, back to game two of this, uh, where Gosman dealt, or I should say dealt um, on the other side of the ball. George Springer might have had his best game of the season, putting in a two home run effort, driving, driving at four of the five runs. Um, it was a three hit game. I should mention. 
Jesse, I, I know it's you can't see it on a scorecard, but I, he could, it could have easily been a four-hit game. Bobby Witt Jr. made a barehanded play at shortstop. Yeah. Uh, and it threw him out. Like, it could have been a four-hit performance for him. Whatever. We'll take the three hits. Jesse, uh, he hit he hit leadoff. This is one of the premier leadoff hitters, um, you know, over the past six, seven, eight seasons in all of MLB baseball. It's really nice to get a game like this out of George. This has been also long overdue. He carried the load. Anytime you have a multi-home run game, especially if your name is George Springer, and that's kind of what you do at where you hit in the batting order. So, hey, you could say, you know, it's good to see Gosman do that. It's equally as good to see George produce and, and put up the numbers he did in this game because, hey, we're only, I mean, for a four-run difference without George, it's 1-1. So, I mean, it's just another good thing to see. And he pretty much did it on his own um, on the offensive side of the ball in game two. Yeah, George Springer is going to be an interesting guy to talk about getting into the offseason here. His slugging percentage numbers have gone down dramatically each of his last three seasons as he gets older. But it's good to see we still had this impact guy in George Springer still on this team because we said it time before and we'll say it again. He's one of our best hitters on the team and he needs to act like it, especially if the Blue Jays are going to make some noise in the postseason here. And over the last month, Riley, he has been quietly productive. I think he leads the Blue Jays in runs. I know he leads the Blue Jays in stolen bases. I'm pretty sure he leads the Blue Jays in RBIs too over that time. Not bad for a guy who a leadoff hitter who has quote unquote been struggling a little bit so far this year. I mean, and reached 20 home runs. So that's another good thing. We're a team that notoriously has not had does not have 20 home run hitters. So he reaches that list and we feel a little bit better about where this team is going. I mean, it is the 10th of September, Jesse. Uh, but uh, in aging George Springer at this point in the year, I know the slugging has gone down, but. Uh, keeping him out of center field for extended periods of time, I think has done him real good this year. He's and been he's, he's looked great. Yeah. His, and, and hey, it could be the bigger bags that his steals are up, could be saving his legs also. Um, there's Hey, there's a lot that goes into it. Baseball's 162 games. George Springer, I think, has done a very good job um, for, you know, his age and condition and uh, when he's been on the field and, and helping in those ways. One more stolen base, too, for George Springer to go 20-20 this year. And I don't think we would have had that on our bingo card coming into the year for um, George Springer. Another player that rather or something that I saw here in this series that really captivated me. And we've talked about this guy quite a bit in the last few episodes is I'm fascinated so much every time Vladimir Guerrero Jr. swings the bat here, Riley. And in game one of this series, we finally got a Vladdy moment where we were like, that's what this guy should be. This is what this guy is supposed to do. It was game one after Bo Bichette took, um, got a base hit to make the Blue Jays tied at 2-2. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comes up in the plate and he actually works a 3-0 count. And then he swings on the 3-0 pitch, Riley. I was about to scream. <laughs> very loud because um, I didn't want him to do that. However, he did what we've been screaming for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to do all along. He took a fastball in the spot where he could do damage with. He hit it to his pull side, hit it to the extra base power with a good swing, and he ran hard out of the box, Riley, getting two RBIs in a clutch and late moment from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That was the type of player we have been hoping to see for a long, long time out of this guy, and I hope this is the start of things to come and a big September for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And you mentioned a keyword in there, Jesse. You said he hustled or ran hard out of the mm -hmm. box. Uh, that's something we've seen a little bit more in this series. We've been on 
Vladdy um, about kind of in a way like a character clause uh, kind of statement in, in a way, Jesse, where like, you know, Pete Rose, known as Charlie Hustle, hustled and ran everything out. Vladdy, if you want to call, you call him like a lazy Larry or something, you know, <laughs> in the sense Ooh. of running balls out. But um, hold that thought. Um, Jesse, it looks like do you have an update on something. I heard a nice little O. Uh, Jays are making a rally here. We got a Davis Schneider walk. So, and then we had a, it's bottom of the six, still, still down two. Cole Reagan's just threw the worst wild pitch. I think I've ever seen in a baseball game. He threw one basically almost to the blue Jays dugout. So uh, he must be getting tired here with Alejandro Kirk at the plate. Maybe the blue Jays can put up a rally here. That would be, that would be very nice. And we'll uh, hopefully, hopefully, Hey, and if he's going to do that hustle to the next base, like that Vladdy was doing, um, what a tremendous athlete for his size. Let, let's go back a couple of years. He really worked on his body and, mm-hmm. and you know, getting into really good shape. It's really showing now, Jesse, the defensive stretches he makes on first and a slide into home that I didn't think he was really capable of, of, of pulling off. Um, if you haven't seen it, I suggest you look into the highlights um, and, and, and try and dig it up because it was a beautiful slide and he head first and he kind of did like a side swim um, and touched the backside of the plate, avoiding the ca- uh, avoiding the tag uh, from the catcher. But uh, it just it's good to see Vladdy do these kind of things. Um, another guy I want to touch on. I know Vladdy's done great. Another guy we've talked about forever. Just want to quickly mention. Jesse, because this has been the longest episode in about three or four episodes. We have not mentioned the name of Davis Schneider. Uh, Don't worry, I was about to. (laughs) Of course. Well, he's next on my list, and he's always on these lists. I want to say, yeah, he might have gone 0 for 4 in game game 2 of the series. Whatever. But, uh, I mean, he had two doubles, Jesse, two doubles, Mm -hmm. and, and, and walked twice. So he was on base. Four times in the first game, the close game, well, the one-run game. Uh, it sounds like Jesse, I, you, you, I need to hear this. What is going on in the game? In For- fact, I mean, we're 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 this a close ball game, man. We called it before this series, uh, you know, before hardly any going back, you know, three series ago. I said we got to go nine and three on this stretch. Yep. This is the chance to go nine and three. So this is a very important ball game, especially with Texas on the slide. And we're mm-hmm. about to go to play them. So, Jesse, what's happening right now at the Dome? <laughs> first thing first, before I give you an update of what's going on at the Dome, and wild things are indeed happening. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to um, give credit, yes, to Vladdy on his swim move. The swim move might actually be one of my top five favorite moves in all of baseball. I think it's quite wild. It's, it's up there for pop plays I like to see. Probably up there with the inside the park home run. Those are uh, those are two things I really like to see. And um, David Schneider, I thought in his performance too, he was the guy in game one. Game two was interesting because I think he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and he struck out in his first at bat here in game two, game three, but also has now drawn two walks. So I think we've said this about him and we've made the Dan Ugla comp to uh, David Schneider a lot. This is what it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of strikeouts, but there's also going to be a lot of damage in these spots in the pitch. And that's what's uh, going on there. Riley, where would you rank the swim move as one of your top baseball plays? Oh, as a guy who used to run the bases and run the bases well, mm-hmm. I always like to kind of you get as a base runner, Jesse. Um, the it, once you get into your head first slide, I always like the head first slide. I always thought it was safer than feet first in a way mm-hmm. on the bases. Um, you had more control over your body. Um, I rank it very high. Um, 
However, I do remember a time playing in Wellington. I actually um, dislocated, um, I believe it was my left ring finger. Um, so my I, running on the outside of home plate, I got it jammed. I was called safe at the plate. And it was actually the final run um, of a Mercy game that I don't know who we were playing at the time. This is would have been 17, 18-year-old me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, so it's a risky move. You have to do it properly. And Vladdy is a surprisingly smooth mm -hmm. ball player, base runner for, for the stature and size that he is. I, re I don't know as far as the numbers go. There's a lot of exciting plays in baseball. It puts me in mind of the mad dash play from Josh Donaldson. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, um, I mean, it's beautiful. Base running is a beautiful thing to the game of baseball. And it, he's if he's able to contribute in a lot of ways, I mean, Vladdy really is. Once he figure out his, can figure out his hitting, he's really a complete ball player in a lot of ways um, because his athleticism is very good and it goes along with some great defense. Riley, are you ready for an update of what is happening at the Dome here in Game 3? Uh, I'm almost cheesed. Of course, I go and record in another room. You live in, live in basically a uh, baseball nerd's paradise where mm -hmm. you just look up and see the game. I look, I'm looking at um, music stuff uh, filtered around me as I'm in basically my music room. Uh, so I do not know what's going on, Jesse. And at, at this point, I'm sure our listeners already knew what happened. I'm live reaction, Jesse, and I'm dying to know. Yeah, so this is going to be a little different for those of you who already know the outcome of this game, which you will by the time you're listening to this, but sometimes it's fun to peek behind the curtain and see our reaction live. I just said Cole Ragan threw might have been the worst wild pitch I had ever seen <laughs> to allow the Blue Jays to move up two bases. He then proceeded to throw another wild pitch on his very next pitch, scoring a run, and um, David Schneider moved up to third. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. scored. And on the very next pitch, he also threw another wild pitch. Oh. So three straight wild pitches, the Blue Jays tie no. the game. He proceeds to walk Alejandro Kirk and then immediately is pulled out of the game. He might be wow. battling an injury or something. I don't know what's going on here, but those were some awful wild pitches there and the blue jays have now tied the game at two bottom of the six and we are now into the kansas city bullpen so stay tuned for what's to come there wow and at this point i uh, i don't know how this game ends but the kansas city probably not a great bullpen that raggins guy has been a bright spot for that ball club i mean there's they got a lot of young guys they're not maybe surrounded by a ton of guys i think um i think it's a no-brainer to say that's Sal Prez has been their only guy since they were a playoff caliber team. Mm -hmm. And we're not looking at um, a, Sal, a Sal Prez like that. Um, not too far removed from 48 home runs, the most by a catcher um, in an in in American League season, if not an MLB season. Uh, just not putting on a good, good uh, campaign this year. But, I mean, Jesse... I don't think we've mentioned this guy as well. Um, ice can smell a couple more, maybe a good clutch hit because Bo Bichette is back uh, from yes. injury. Welcome back. And we know how impactful Bo Bichette is. I was reading a statistic. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Bo Bichette, as far as hits in the American League go, Bo Bichette is still at the top of the leaderboard. Um, and that's up against guys that have, maybe taken two or three or four days off the entire year, everyday guys, I believe Semyon, that's right, uh, former Blue Jay and current Texas Ranger Marcus Semyon leads the American League and hits after Bo basically just parts from injury. But there's a chance Bo Bichette can come back 
and string together hits like he does. I called it at the start of the year. And if it wasn't for stupid injuries, that'd be three years. Bobichet still got a chance, even after injury time, to lead the American League in hits. What a tremendous ball player, man. Bobichet, from in all facets of the game this year, has really, really turned it on, man. And in his absence, we have played very good ball. The fact mm-hmm. that we have Bobuchet now and will be playing against the Texas Rangers, I think, is very important. I'm not going to say we can't do it without Bo, but he is a pre- premier run producer, not only for this lineup, but around the league, man. He's a part of every rally. He seems to be just everywhere um, on the on the box score. So, I mean, it's just it's just so impactful Bo is and it's just amazing to have him back because of course you know he comes back and is immediately an impact piece for this for this lineup yeah he's only played 115 games has 154 hits that ties him with Bobby Witt and Stephen Kwan both of which who have played 140 games already and he's only eight behind Julio and Marcus Simeon who have each played 20 or 25 more games than Bo Bichette has this year Uh, remarkable he would be doing this again and hey Riley he had 51 hits last September if he can just do that again this September, he's got 200 hits again, and it's for the third straight year. Um, going on to another player, we did talk about Davis Schneider, Riley. Did you see the T-shirts that the Blue Jays made here about Davis Schneider? Yeah, uh, they are – well, you, I wouldn't have not have known better. I'm sure they're on uh, the Instagram page. I did not venture onto Instagram, but I did see the T-shirts. Uh, the amount of Davis Schneider support just in general, the fake mustaches – and, of course, now the T-shirt, the MLB kind of silhouette logo um, with the, um, of course, the uh, the specs in the stash. Um, a trademark of his. Um, now, we forget that to a guy like Jansen and Kiermaier uh, wear, wear the specs, but now uh, David Schneider wears them, and he's the biggest guy who wears them. He is mm-hmm. the talk of the town. I love um, the support. I mean, this guy has the best OPS in MLB history to start a career. And I, I just, I mean, I've been trying to speculate this. When does a sample size, when does the cup of coffee be start to become more like than just a small taste, a small sample? I mean, we're still in this, you know, that, but if he finishes out the rest of the year, with a fourteen hundred OPS, <laughs> I mean, we're talking, we're talking elite level stuff because he's done. That's a month of some of the best baseball you can, you. I think you can. That's physically capable of a human to do at the MLB level with the greats that are playing. And this is the first time he stepped on an MLB f- field, faced MLB caliber pitching in an MLB game in an MLB game situation, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, This has been a breath of fresh air for us. I won't say that he saved the season, but he is a huge contribution to why we're now a game and a half up in a wild card spot and not two games out of a wild card spot. Davis Schneider, 21 games into his big leagues career. You mentioned the 1400 OPS is now 88th all time in Blue Jays position player of war. He is ahead of Blue Jays names like Corey Kosky, Chris Woodward, Homer Bush, uh-huh. Michael Saunders, Brad Fulmer, um, Frank Thomas, Travis Snyder, my guy. Like these are all names oh. that um, in his 21 games, Davis Schneider is already better than in their Blue Jays career. Absolutely remarkable stuff for the kid. Um, I do think even if he finishes the year 
at this exact pace, say he does finish the year with the 1400 OPS, we're still going to go into next season saying, look, small sample size. No way in hell we think he's going to be a 1400 OPS no. guy. But even if he's a 900 OPS guy, that is still a very good player. And I have no reason really to doubt that that would be the case. I, Jesse, that would still be remarkable. I'd be happy with an 800 or anything within 25 points of that. To be quite honest with you, that's that's where I know I kind of 750 is your is your average call, maybe in a lot of ways. 800, give or take 25 points is where I would like to see a ball player. That's actually where I would place a lot of um, the, where the Blue Jays should be. I know that there's a lot of guys not slugging, you know, Springer, Varsho. Um, but let's talk about picking up the slack. Davis Schneider um, kind of made up his own role. He never was really supposed to replace a Bo Bichette. He caught, hey, let's just bring this guy up. Let's see what happens. And he has just rolled with it, man. I mean, yeah, well, whoa, he's going to be the talk of the offseason. Uh, I, I, I don't think like an outsider. I think like a Blue Jays fan. The rest of the league, if I hope that they're talking about this in San Diego and Arizona because this kid has played an absolutely fantastic first 20, 21 games. This is absolutely remarkable. I mean, this is this is the best start to a career. In, in Major League history, Jesse, and it should not go unnoticed. I want to push this in other fan bases' face and say, you look at this. You look at how well this kid's been doing. Not a household name, not a first-round pick. Jeez, I don't even think he was picked in the first 10 rounds. 28th round. 28th 28 round pick. They don't even have that round well. anymore. They don't even have that round anymore. So, I mean, hey, we can... <laughs> Wow. Jesse, you want to talk about <laughs> just honestly, wow. We we spent too much time babbling about him. Um, you want to talk about I mean, uh, well, let's just talk about defense for fun. You want to mention Dalton Varsho just briefly, Jesse. I'll let you go with that. Yep. I um just wanted to say some minor things that um have caught my attention during the course of this series. And one of the things was the big catch that Dalton Varsho made in left field when Salvador Perez hit that ball off the bat. I thought it went about 480 feet. I thought it was way gone, <laughs> so far gone. So to my surprise, when I see Dalton Varsho going back to the wall and making a catch, he technically didn't rob the home run because the fences are so tall, but that's about as good as a home run robbery that you can get in this place. It was very good to see. Um, and then just while we're in the topic of other things that caught my mind, I wanted to talk about the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. slide, which I saw. I also wanted to add about Whit Merrifield here as he just pops up to end the inning in this game against Kansas City playing his former team. He had an at-bat in this game where he came out first and second with less than two out and promptly hit into a double play. And I thought, boy, I've been seeing that quite a bit from Whit Merrifield lately. And I saw it again. In fact, I went back the last four times. He's had an at-bat where first and second and less than two outs. He has hit into a double play in all four of those times. So we've had our fun with Merrifield. But, you know, I think we mentioned this last episode, too. Until we start to see things, signs of better coming around, it's better to give your spot on the roster to David Schneider or to a Spencer Horowitz or somebody else. I mean, that's it's that's a no-brainer as far as you've got to fill in a spot um, like second base. David Schneider, best suited for that position, and he's our best he's our best player right now. So I mean that's a no-brainer. If Witt's not going to produce, yes, he's been versatile, but I we are in win now mode. We've been playing great. Let's we still have to move up 
on the ladder another level to play these better teams, Jesse. And uh, Davis Schneider is going to help us do that. And I don't know if Witt's going to have the same impact. Mm -hmm. And let's touch on the other two starting pitchers' performance in this series. Yusei Kikuchi in game one, five and dive as he's gone back to five innings pitch. Three hits, one earned run, one walk, eight Ks. I think he only had about 70-some pitches, too. Maybe low 80s in this one before John Schneider pulled him. Seemed like another good start from Yusei Kikuchi. He was effectively wild. We've already talked about Kevin Gosman and his masterful performance. Jose Brios is still on the mound now. He's gone six and two-thirds. He's up to 97 pitches. It looks like they're going to leave him in with two men on here to face the number nine hitter, Kyle Isbell. And whether or not a run scores or he gets out of this inning, will go a big way to determine if Jose Brios' start here was a success. Um, do you have a thought about any of those two other pitchers' performance today, Brios or Yusei Kikuchi? I mean, yeah, up until Jesse, it was scoreless when I hopped when I hopped on the Zoom meeting here yeah. and uh, it's not scoreless. So uh, had it had we recorded and I not know anything about the game, I would have said that uh, Brios had pretty much been flawless. Um, but hey, you know what? Uh, he, he's he's going to he hasn't given up a ton of hard contact and I'm OK with that, especially limiting the long ball um, and Kikuchi eight strikeouts over five and. Jesse, the big thing with Kikuchi only allowing one base runner via the walk. Yep. And did I mention he had eight strikeouts mm -hmm. in his five and dive? Jesse, we, I mean, Kansas City has used openers in this series. Um, Kikuchi's, you know, not an opener. You can call five innings an opener and then a table setter to use uh, basically one, two, three, four, five bullpen arms in game one. But I mean, you say Kikuchi did uh, did a hell of a job here. And yeah, that what a unique left handed guy. Hard throw where a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swing and miss and his control seems to be getting better, whether that ha is, you know, because he's facing an experienced Kansas City Royals team or not, I don't care. His lines is fantastic. I mean, if it wasn't for Kevin Gosman's massive performance, um, you know, we're, we might be talking more about Yusei Kikuchi's performance because I thought he did great. But um, five innings pitch and, and the bullpen takes over. Of course, Jordan Romano, a little bit of a flair for the dramatics uh, late yeah, into the ballgame. But we, as he does lately, but we closed it out, man. That's the important thing. And then I will say it once more. Gosman going eight innings yesterday was so important. And then us using Jordan Hicks back-to-back -back nights. I assume he's not going to throw in this game. Uh, but, I mean, it just I like um, what we have done with our pitchers in this series so far. And I hope, hey, I hope Barrios can get into this one so we really limit who we use. Because we do have a four-game set coming up, Jesse, and it's important to have those arms ready and ready to go um, so we don't fatigue and we get some quality starts out of our starting pitchers for that series. Yeah, I, um, let's talk a little bit about that upcoming series against Texas because it is going to be the biggest series of the season so far. As things stand right now, we are a game and a half up on Texas. That could change. That could be as close as two and a half up or just half a game up, depending on how the results of the games go today. Um, Riley, I think I saw on the broadcast or I saw somewhere that the Blue Jays need to win three out of four against Texas to guarantee that they have the tiebreaker on them in case that they do tie the series. What do you want to see against this team 
against the Texas Rangers in what is probably the biggest series of the season so far. What I really want to see is our hitters. Let's just take the let's just take pitching out of the equation right now. Let's just talk about I want to see guys explode. I want to want to see Vladdy have a huge monster series. Mm-hmm. And I want to see I want to see Bo do the same. I, I anticipate Bo will. Um, I like if if David Schneider goes goes two for 12 in the series, I would not not give a crap too much because of how well he's played. And I don't, the thing about David Schneider is I don't hold expectation to a guy like that. I'm extremely pleased with what's happened, but we're not talking about a blue chip player here. Um, that's playing at the start of the year. We're talking about uh, a late season call up that has just rolled with the punches and had a tremendous go of things, but guys like Vladdy Springer, uh, I would like to see Varsho strep- step up. Like, holy cow, where has his bat been? Um, and with the absence of Danny Jansen, I mean, yeah, Kirk's going to have to be behind the plate doing it there and and, and catching a lot of innings. But I really want to see Alejandro Kirk do it at the dish, too. His OPS is down because his slugging is abysmal this year as well. I would like to see them all string together a good slew of hits. I want to see us put uh, maybe not double-digit numbers, but I would like a couple seven-run ball games, Jesse. I really want to win this series, Jesse. Like you said, probably the most important series of the season up to this date right now. Yeah, and the probable pitching matchups on paper, you tell me, Riley, if they favor the Toronto Blue Jays or the Texas Rangers, but game one, we're scheduled to see Chris Bassett against Andrew Heaney. Game two will be Hunjin Ryu against Max Scherzer. Game three will be Yusei Kikuchi against Jordan Montgomery. And then in game four will be Kevin Gosman against Nathan Eovaldi. Riley, who, advantage Texas, advantage Toronto. It's pretty close, man. Um... I mean, hey, uh, Heaney Bassett, that's a that's a unique one. That could go either way. Uh, Scherzer's got the win in his game. And I think that Gosman over Evaldi, although he could still put it on, I think he's having a lackluster year for the Rangers. Um, and if we get another performance out of Gosman like we did yesterday, it doesn't really much matter how how the other guy pitches unless of course the game ends one nothing for texas but that's kind of unlikely with the hitters in both of these lineups all right Riley, give me a prediction how are we going to do against the texas rangers let's let's call it for right now we're going to grind we're going to grind it out right now i'm going to call it i'm going to call it a uh i'm going to call the split but i don't think we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble if we do split um, Jesse, what do you think? Uh, and then tell me some good news. <laughs> um, I think we're going to split two and two with the odds of us going three to one. Riley, I have two things to update to you on. First one, Kevin Kiermeyer solo home run, bottom of the second. Oh, yes. just took a three to two yes. lead coming out of the nine spot there. And another great bit of, of good news. Oakland just scored four runs off Texas in the top of the fourth, and they have now taken oh, a four my to boys. Three over the Texas Rangers. So oh, I want to give out some love here to end this episode here. The first one to your Oakland A's, Riley, for doing things to help the Toronto Blue Jays. I also want to say, if you haven't noticed behind me, I have a new Blue Jays jersey to add to the collection. It is a George Bell autographed Blue Jays memorabilia. So I've got that to add to the collection here as well. And uh, some couple of good things, some positive vibes as we head into the midweek series here. Oh my Oakland days. Maybe they're not doing it for the for their own purpose. Like they're just trying to claw to not get a hundred eight losses. But uh well Texas is playing. I mean, you can say that based off records, the Royals are worse than Oakland. They're the two worst 
uh, playing right now. So, I mean, it could have easily gone the other way. However, that's a huge, that'll be huge if we can go up and great job. Kevin Kiermeyer for now gets kind of a thumbs up for me because yeah. I don't Give know what's going on. Yep. <laughs> as soon as I jump off, you know, Jesse and I usually talk for five minutes after, after the episode. I'm going to look at him after we're done here and I'm going to go, okay, see ya. I got to watch the rest of this yep. ball game. But uh, I do appreciate that episode. Kevin Kiermeyer, though, um, I don't know how many that puts him at uh, this year, but he has been a sneaky powerful. Um, and I know that, um, they're reading his splits, and he's hit well off left-handers. I don't know who uh, the, the Royals have on the bump, whether it's a lefty or a righty. Doesn't matter. A home run in the late innings. We were just talking about this. I was saying something that we have had good at-bats late into ball games, Jesse. Let's ride this one out. I'm not going to say we're going to sweep right now. Of course, we don't know how this series ends. You, you people listening or watching know how this probably has ended, but... <sighs> What a series. What a season, Jesse. We got a long way to go before October baseball, and it starts right now. Um, it's still in this game against KC, but against the Texas Rangers, it really, really starts with the stretch of teams we got in four games series, biggest series of the year. Let's go Blue Jays and let's go offense. We need some big games, some big rallies, some big innings. Riley McConnell, I could not have said it any better myself. I'm sure we speak for both you and I and all of Blue Jays Nation when we say it's time to get rolling and get this done here. That'll do it for our episode here today, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel. We want you to be one of our first 500 subscribers over here at Buds and Blue Jays. So please make sure you smash that like button, tell our friends and all the good stuff. We need you guys all on board as the Blue Jays make their good playoff push here. Riley, anything else to add before we run out of here? Nope. I got a date with Ben Wagner here in about 35 seconds, and let's go, Blue Jays. We couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see you later next week. Thanks, guys.